Welcome to the Imago Day Eastside Gathering Podcast. Good morning, Eastside. Good morning, good morning. I'm Pastor Mike. For those you don't know, I'm the lead pastor of this congregation and excited to be with you this morning. Um, uh, I wanted to make an announcement real quick before I get into the sermon this morning. You've heard us announce over um, the past couple of months, maybe, that we were going to be hiring um, a director of operations for this Eastside campus. And um, that process has come to a close. Yeah, yeah. Because we have found our director of operations. And her name is Chelsea Hostetler. And she's here. Chelsea, will you, will you come this way? Just walk this way a little bit. Let the people see who you are. This is Chelsea. Chelsea is a wife, a mom, a worship leader. Uh, she is so many things. I don't even want to tell you because you're just going to have to experience her. Um, but this is Chelsea, one of her baby girls, and she is going to be joining the Eastside staff, has joined the Eastside staff and the Eastside family. So welcome, Chelsea. Please pray for her. Please pray um, as we continue to do what God has called us to do. Let me read this passage of scripture, Matthew 7. Uh, I opened up the year with this, and I want to go back to it. Matthew 7, verse 24 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And we're still talking about building on a firm foundation. And we've been in the book of Hebrews, and I'm pausing that series just for today because uh, next week is a very special week in the, in the life of our church. Next week, we are going to um, confirm some, some women who will be the first um, women elders of Imago Day in the history of Imago Day. Yeah. And so with that, I asked Pastor Michelle Jones to come and preach tomorrow because it just felt so right to have a woman of God preaching on that day. And so to have everything line up, today I'm going to plug this in the middle of our Hebrew series. But I was glad to do so because we talked at the beginning of the year about our own lives, our individual lives, building on that firm foundation. But all of us together make up this church. The church is just the collection of us who are the believers who claim this one small C church, Eastside, but all of us are part of the big C church, universal. And so I'm excited about even the, the Chelsea uh, uh, coming along to, to our team and, and the role that she occupies because it's so critical to where God is taking us. But it's also a testament 
indicator of our own growth as a community. You see, we started this Eastside thing about six years ago, almost seven now. And for that whole span until just December, we've shared um, even like a communications department with the Central Campus. Because the Central City Campus planted us out of Imago Day um, Central, uh, there was a lot that they had to carry for us until we got to a place that we could hold our own. And the, the, even this higher, this expanded role um, is a testament of the, the growth and the work and what God is doing in this, in this family as we continue to move further and further away from dependency on the Central City Campus. At this point, um, we're not financially dependent on the Central City Campus um, and so many of the ministries that they have held for us, even the elders, right? With Talonica coming on next week, um, the, all three, Imago shares one elder board. So it's all one elder board, but there are certain elders that are specific to each campus that kind of serves as an elder board. Well, Eastside in our history, um, the elders from Central have kind of been our elders as well, and they still are in a way, but for the first time in our history, Eastside now has our own elder board. Yeah, yeah. And so please, I want to say, don't miss next week, but um, because it's going to be very special. But, but the point is that Eastside is continuing to grow in independence from the central campus that planted us. But as we continue to grow, as we continue to develop, as we continue to add uh, leaders and people who have just so many skills and, and are gifted in so many ways, we cannot grow independent from God. Because as you get skilled individuals and more leaders pop up and more people pop up and you grow, some, the, the, the temptation is to put all of our stock in that. Ooh, they sing so good. Ooh, they play so good. Ooh, they preach so good. Ooh, they teach so good. Ooh, they prophesy so well. Ooh, they pray. But our, in, our dependence, Eastside, as we grow as God continues to further us and favor us, we must continue to grow more and more dependent on the Lord. We're in a season of construction, and we're building this house on the firm foundation that is Jesus. Right now where we are in the, in the ministry, we're, we're implementing new structures and systems and policies and procedures that will help us to be better in communication and administration, uh, just more effective in all that we do so that we can serve this family well and our outside community. We want to serve them in a greater capacity. So God has sent some of you to help in this very phase where we are. Some of you haven't come looking for the, the polished church where everything is already set. Some of you have come and recognized some areas where you are uniquely qualified to fill certain holes. And that's where we are right now. So what are we building into? Where are we going as a body, as this east side community? I wanted to just say a few thoughts on that. This is not exhaustive, but I just want to put a few things just as it pertains to kind of the vision of Eastside. Eastside will be a healing 
place. We are building a local church that will be a place for all people and all kinds of people to journey with God and to be transformed by his love and to grow in their knowledge of God, their faith and trust in God, and their obedience to God. We are building a family that is intentionally multi-ethnic and multicultural. Now, when I used to hear those two side by side, I thought somebody was just saying the same thing twice. But the reality is you can have many ethnicities and still one culture. So our goal intentionally is that we be multi-ethnic and multicultural and even multi-generational. Yeah. Uh, a, a, A family made up of people who are not uniform but share a unity in Jesus Christ through his adoption of us into his family. This beautiful and diverse family will be equipped with the gospel of Jesus Christ and will go into the city to proclaim the gospel with our mouths and to apply the gospel through our works of service. Both individually as we live our individual lives, but also as a collective body. We want to do some things in the city together and show the unity of Christ outside of these doors. This family will seek justice always and love mercy. We will be intentional about serving those who are considered the least in this society and tearing down systems of injustice and oppression. And we're doing it as an extension of Jesus Christ. This building that God has provided for this family will be a place of radical hospitality to the city where we will continue to make space for community members to to meet and to learn and to be trained and and to memorialize their loved ones and to hold baby showers and and to get active with some hip-hop cardio or open gym runs and for some people who just need to briefly escape the harsh weather conditions outside. Some people who just need to kind of come and just catch their breath for a second and experience someone acknowledge their presence and see them as something, anything more than just an inconvenience. Someone that might just offer them a smile and a cup of coffee, as Andrew and a lot of the staff do so often with our neighbors. It'll be a place where youth from the community can come and be cared for, ideally before school and after school. Give them food. They don't have to be at school hungry. They can receive tutoring and mentorship. A place where community members can come and participate in groups like Refuge and find healing and community. They can take classes and address things like financial literacy and credit repair and parenting and and career planning and personal development. And still, this will be a place where we gather to worship our king together to sing songs and to to participate in the sacrament, to study scripture and learn from gifted teachers, a place where we'll discover our spiritual gifts together and use them on each other to edify one another. We'll pray for one another, share meals together, disciple and be discipled by one another. It'll be a place where we experience the power of the Holy Spirit in miraculous ways, And these things, of course, aren't just relegated to this building because because the church is wherever we are. 
And wherever we are, the spirit of God is among us. That's actually what makes us the church. Every group of people isn't the church, but any group of people filled with the spirit of God is the church. Family Eastside is a unique place. And, and from where I stand, I can see the hand of God obviously at work here. I hear the testimonies from many of you in the community. We're seeing blessing after blessing and an abundance of God's, uh, an evidence of God's grace and his spirit pour out. But also from where I stand, I can see and sense where the enemy is making some very real attempts to tear this thing down. And if Satan is any good at his job, he is right to look at what God is doing in this church and make us a prime target for him to do what he does, steal, kill, and destroy. But the good news is that Jesus has already won the war against Satan, and we share in the victory in Christ. But a reality is that we sometimes hand Satan certain victories in battles, though he's lost the war. And that often occurs because sometimes as, as the Christian community, this is the broad church, we, we're asleep at the wheel. We kind of live in a place of complacency. It's like we're in a war but don't know it. And how susceptible are you to your enemy when you're engaged in a war? Anybody ever have annoying siblings like that? Like you just eating breakfast and then they finish and like, I beat you. And it's like, I wasn't racing. Like, how you just put me in a race? Some people act like that in the Christian faith, but we should not be unaware because the Bible is full of that type of analogy of us being in a spiritual war. And until Christ comes back, this war does not end. I'm sorry if I'm breaking some news to you, but welcome to the service. First Peter 5 and 8 says this, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Ephesians 6, 18 says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. 1 Corinthians 16.13 says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Luke 21.34, Be on guard. So that your hearts will not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life. 
And that day will not come on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon those who dwell on the face of the earth, all of those who dwell on all the face of the earth. But keep on the alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Those are just a few passages telling us to be attentive, be alert, be on guard, be watchful. But why do we need to be so alert? Acts 20, verse 29 says this. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things and draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on alert, remembering that day and night for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. The enemy is going to be on his job always. And one of the main ways the enemy gets into a church is through the church. The enemy will work through me, will work through you. Whoever the enemy can get into to use to sow dissension, to sow discord, to gossip, Right? These little things that seem like just harmless conversations, but they do big damage. And I, I see the enemy making those attempts, but he will not be victorious. First Peter 5, verse 8 says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Eastside, we want to be a church that resists the enemy and stands firm in the faith. How do we do that? There are many ways. But, but the one I want to highlight today is all about communing with the Lord is all about, and more specifically today, fasting and prayer. Listen, and, and some of those verses that I just read, I'm going to point out some of these, these sections in it. Uh, this one, the first one was, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. The other one, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you, right? The other one, uh, but keep on the alert at all times, doing what? Praying that you may have the strength. And it's talking about praying for strength to endure the seasons that you're in, the onslaught, the attacks of the enemy that are very real. And I want to bring this up because sometimes we don't, we, we don't give the unseen realm its due. We're one of the only cultures that think the things we can see are more real than the things we don't see. And so, so, so when things are happening all around us, now I've seen it on the other extreme where everything was the devil. My car won't start the devil. No, you didn't get no gas last night. And you knew when you left work, you needed some gas. 
Davia not in here, is she? No? Okay. <clears throat> right? I come from a place where everything that went wrong was the devil. And, and I, I'm not trying to create that type of paranoia. But we are a spiritual entity. And there are so many logistical parts of church, right, where you can think that it's just an organization. Well, there's an organizational aspect of it, but we are a living organism. The body of Christ that the enemy is still wanting to defeat one cell at a time, one local body at a time. And so we must pray. We must fast. We must cling to the Lord. Esai, there's nothing that we set out to accomplish that will be of any value, nor will it last if we are not intentional about declaring our dependency on God through prayer and fasting. Our commitment to prayer reveals our acknowledgement that we need the Lord and that we want to do only what he would have us to do. We only want to go where he would have us to go. We only want to go if he goes before us and leads us in the way. Our talents, our budgets, our gifts, our size, whatever it may be, however big or small, these things without the Lord will not be enough to accomplish the Lord's will for each side. And again, as I said, as we grow, I think the dependency or the tendency will be to depend on our strengths. And if not intentional, we'll become like, like that child who, who first came into this world needing us for everything. Every ounce of food to be carried. Could, uh, the baby comes into this world, cannot go anywhere or do anything without help of mama, daddy, or someone caring for them. But as they get older, they start slapping your hand away. No, I got it. I can do it. I got four of them. I hate that stage. It does something to you. It's like... I just buckled your seatbelt yesterday. You was cool, but. And that's necessary for our children to grow into a certain independence from us, the parents, because there will be a day where they got to go and be on their own as their own, living their own lives. We can't be there always. But the Lord will be with Eastside always. And so we never have to try to grow in independence away from our father. And since this is his church and we are on his mission, we must cling to the Lord and constantly seek his face and receive refreshment and realignment and direction and refillings and refillings of his spirit, sweet communion with Christ. There are some things that I'm asking the Lord to confirm about this church as it pertains to our next steps, who we become, where we go, what we do. But I'm not asking him just to reveal it to me in my secret place or in my prayer. I'm asking him to reveal it and to confirm it through you, through members of this church. So this is what I want to do. I want to invite you and for some of you challenge you to join me in a season of fasting and prayer. 
as many of you know, we're coming up on the season of Lent. And for those of you who don't know what Lent is, again, when I came into a different church culture, some of these terms was like, what? I got some Lent. That's the only Lent I had ever heard of is what was in my pocket. How does Lent get in your pocket? It's not like, anyway. Um, but, but Lent is a six-week period of fasting, moderation, self-denial, and it actually is coincides with the Christian calendar. So this Wednesday, we have an Ash Wednesday service here. That's when Lent begins, and it ends on Easter Sunday. The verses that I read earlier, had, they, they had those ideas of being alert, hearing the Lord, being attentive. Fasting is a discipline that will help in that endeavor. It, it will help us to draw closer to the Lord, discern the Lord's voice more clearly as we seek his direction. Fasting is a, pro, is a practice of denying one's self. And though you're denying yourself, a thing, the goal is actually that you feast. While our flesh is experiencing a sort of famine, our spirit is feasting on the Lord. Fasting is, done rightly, feasting on God. It's not really about what you're letting go, because you can abstain from this, put this in its place, you're no closer to the Lord. In the time that you have in fasting, replacing that thing with intentional time, time spent with the Lord in his word, in prayer, uh, in devotion. That's the point and the goal of fasting. So it's an act of reframing from some essential things like food and water or from non-essential things that we've made essential, like our devices or certain apps or uh, TV watching or certain beverages, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you decide to do this, I want to just say, don't take the cheap way out. Make it hurt. Not real like pain like that, but make it hurt. Make it meaningful. Choose that thing that right now is in your mind and you like, nah, bro, I, ain't, I can't go without that. That's the one. It needs to be significant to your life and your routine because the goal is that that felt absence will be the thing that reminds you to commune with the Lord. And or you can plan to replace the time you normally devote to it to the Lord. So if you go get breakfast every morning, you usually budget 20 minutes to stop by your Starbucks and get your uh, cheddar, what's it called, sausage cheddar sandwich. I know I'm in some of y'all's apps right now. Uh-huh. And your, and your frappuccino. Come on. Uh-huh. Um, that 20 minutes you budget can be a 20 minutes now spent intentionally with the Lord. And you say, okay, for, for these 46 days, I'm not going to indulge in that. I'm going to commit this time to the Lord. And every time your stomach growls, you're at your desk, that can be a reminder and an invitation for you to pray. So when your belly cries out, you cry out to the Lord. Amen? For some of you, it's going to be replacing your video games, your Call of Duty, your 2K, your Nintendo Switch. I'm just trying to come down somebody's alley, somebody's road, somebody's street. And if you count up all the time you spend on that, it's probably pretty significant. 
But you are now can devote some of that time to opening up the scriptures, reading through the gospels. You can do this with your spouse. You can do this in a group of friends. You can call up that friend that you know also wants to deepen their relationship with the Lord and y'all figure out a schedule. Maybe y'all do a devotion together and y'all read the same thing in the morning and then you find a time at night to discuss it together. Like, you can do it communally, but this is a season we're entering into as we approach Easter where we want to deny ourselves. And for Eastside in particular, I want us to be asking the Lord about this place about what he has in store for us, about what Jesus' sacrifice means for us to represent to this east side of Portland. That first Peter 5 uh, passage says this, kind of in the, in the verses 8 through 11. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And then here's the promise. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory in Christ. He will restore us and make us strong and firm and steadfast. Let's pray. God, you are good. You are nourishment. You are all-sufficient. And God, you've put together this beautiful body, this, this beautiful congregation, this diverse people for a specific reason. And God, we don't want to get so um, caught up in, in any of the things and the shrills or the, that we missed the purpose that you've called us together. And so, God, we want to seek your face that you would continue to transform this church into your image and likeness. That we would face outward to, your, to this world and to this city and they would see a representation of you, an extension of you, your hands, your feet, your heart doing ministry in the world. But, God, we don't want to just put things into effect. We don't just want to come up with the, the same old, same old, do things the way that we've always done. God, we want to hear from you. And so, God, I ask you again to confirm through your people your intentions for us. God, I pray that we build something in this city that is built upon the foundation that is Jesus Christ and that we build something that looks like you, that sounds like you, that cares like you. Give us your heart. 
Give us a desire to spend time. Let this not be a got to, but a get to. Sanctify us, God. Use us for your glory. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Esai, let us worship the Lord. Our prayer team is on either side up under the crosses. We're going to sing songs of worship. Please take whatever posture. And if you just want to come and pray, you can kneel at the altar. You can come as you will. Amen.